Hey there, uh, Cave Company Radio fans. Um, you're about to listen to uh, Sex and Other Human Activities. Um, my name is Bunky Houseman, and um, I wrote in and uh, got some advice from Jackie Marcus, and at first I thought it was great, and then um, I fucking lost everything. Um, so if you could uh, just know that their advice is for entertainment purposes only, you know, I lost my family, I lost my house. And um, I lost my career, uh, which was hard to do. I was a professional gambler. I thought that would be a thing that they could help me do, and they did. Um, so if you have any questions or advice you need, just make sure you email cavecomingradio at gmail.com. Ask for Marcus or Jackie. And, um, or maybe just say hello to Henry from last podcast on the list because he needs, he needs your, your attention. He needs your affection. Um, so thank you, and enjoy sex and other human activities. Love in my tummy. Do you have love in my tummy? <laughs> oh, welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities, everybody. I'm Marcus Parks. I'm Jackie Zabrowski. Jackie's got love in her tummy. I guess. <laughs> well, I got love in my uterus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Jackie. Jackie is uh, coming off. Uh, a bit of an embarrassing fall. Man, it was, I've just had such a fucking shitty week. And last night I was, it, it was like snow, rain, iced all day. It was just yeah. like, it was so fucking slippery out. And I was walking home, it was late. And I just come from a long train ride. And I was walking and I slipped fucking hard as shit, man. I just went down and I was like hurt and I was like laying in the wet. And these kids, these four kids are standing on the corner and they're just like, ah, <laughs> ah, pork dumpling. Ah. And I looked at them and was like, pork dumpling? Why did they go? Why? Why did you call me a pork dumpling? It's embarrassing enough to fall in front of people, let alone fucking shitty teenagers. And they just, it's like, just laugh. Don't call me a pork dumpling. And why, like, why did, why was that the thing that he thought of? I just don't understand. I, God, teenagers, especially New York teenagers, have a way with words with their insults. Visceral. <laughs> just so visceral. I just, ugh. It just, like, shot me back to a time of, like, I remember walking, I was on the phone with my mother, and it was like probably like a seven-year-old and like a four-year-old. No adults around. And they're like walking behind me, and then she's like, fucker, you fucker, you fucker. And then the little kid's like, yeah, fucker, you fuck your mom. And he's like, yeah, you fuck your mom, you bend your mom over. And they're like following me, and I was on the phone with my mother, and I turned around, and I was like, if you don't watch your language, I'm going to slap you so hard, you got to go into next week. And they both just like stared at me. <laughs> My mom's on the phone. She's like, "Who are you screaming at?" <laughs> oh, just nothing. Just fucking these kids. These fucking kids. kids. And she's like, "You know, you just gave them what they wanted, right?" And I was like, "Moo, mom, <laughs> mom." She's like, "You're supposed to ignore those things. You're supposed to let it slide." And I was like, "They were following me down the block. Yeah. What was I gonna do? Little. I mean, I what I wanted to do was just turn around, and slap them. Well, but yeah. you can't do that." It turns out, <laughs> but I feel like there's something about like be like being the bigger person in the situation. And like last night after he said that, I just like got up really slow. Like they were just laughing so hard, like they couldn't even breathe. They were laughing so hard, and I just like 
kept walking trying to brush the dirt off of me. I had like trash stuck to my jacket. <laughs> kind of walking, I was felt really bad about myself. And then I started to laugh. <laughs> It's because funny. it's funny. Because it's really funny to watch a fucking fat girl fall in the snow and call her a pork dumpling. You're right. It is funny. I give it to you. You guys get one point. I get zero for the holiday. Because <laughs> what do you say? I feel like in the past, I would have immediately just like screamed at them. Oh, yeah. But I took it in stride. You've come a long way. Yeah, man. I just took the embarrassment, just fucking walked it off. <laughs> And then I got drunk. <laughs> like an adult should. Of course, of course. You just keep those feelings inside and then drown them in a bottle. Drown them. <laughs> Fucking drown them. I was crafting while I drowned them. It's oh, fine. I mean, so that makes it completely Christmas productive. Cheer <laughs> I would say it does definitely make doing crafts while drunk is one of the most Christmassy things you can do. Yeah, you know, I was drinking whiskey. Yeah. I feel great about it. Making those hot toddies. Mm, hot toddies. Love I haven't had a hot toddy yet this year. Man, you got to get a hot toddy. I got to, man. Just haven't got around to it. It's New- been cold as hell. New York City is under ice right now. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I'm having the, I, I know this is a horrible, but I'm having this fantasy that I know isn't going to come true and I know it's not going to happen. But I keep having, going back to Texas on uh, Saturday, and I keep thinking that I'm going to go to Texas and I'm going to come back and winter will be over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Marcus. Keep dreaming. Like I just, yeah, I'm going to go out of town and then I'll just, and then magically as I'm gone, everything will transform. It'll be spring. It'll be springtime. <laughs> because I think it's because I'm, I'm feeling pretty great lately. Like I'm, I'm feeling like I'm feeling confident in pretty much everything that I'm doing. Just just, you know, things are going really well here at the station. Things are going really well in life. Like, I've got no complaints. Everything's fucking solid. So I expect the weather to follow that. Yeah, it like, doesn't, though. <laughs> you can't have it all, Marcus. You can't have it all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I want. I want everything. I know. I, I know. want I want the weather to be good. We're it's kind very of like, greedy. It's like when you're depressed you, and the sun is shining and it pisses you off. Oh, yeah. You know, it's kind of like when you're happy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Often. Or if it's nice outside and you're depressed, it just kind of makes you mad. Uh, but it's, it's like getting sick in the summer. Yeah. You know, and it's like you're not supposed to be sick in the summer. That's the winter <laughs> you get sick. <laughs> but, you know, you can go along with it. I think I, I went along with it a little bit last night. It's like I was wa- had a long walk through the snow, and, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I walked through all this snow. But then I put some flaming lips on uh, my headphones, and I listened to Yoshi- Yoshibi Bell's The Pink Robots, and I was just like, down, Yay. down, down, down. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Everything's going to be good. You know, I'm a big, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly against listening to um earphones while I walk or like when I'm in public places because I'm my parents put the fear of God in me that I'm going to get raped. Of course. And I still to this day feel that way where it's like if I'm not paying attention I'm going to get raped. And that's what happens when you have a police officer for a father. But there is a, something special about it that I, I usually I'll put one in mm-hmm. and I'll put it at a low level. <laughs> and it's just like that's what I tried to do like just listen to Christmas music while I was on the train miserable yesterday and I was just like <laughs> For me, Flaming Lips is kind of Christmas music. It's yeah, got totally. that same feeling. It's got that feeling of like 
hopefulness to yeah. it, but also the the feeling that, you know, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but if we try, it'll be good enough. Hell yeah. And you know, I think that's a pretty positive message. Yeah. I think to tell people that everything's going to be perfect and everything's going to work out just the way you want it to, false hope. Yes. It's a, it's a terrible way and It's to a terrible life. fall from the top of false hope. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a long, long fall. <laughs> uh, but the Flavin' Lips, man, they got me through so many hard times. Like the soft bulletin got me through one of the hardest times in my life. It's specifically the song, uh, Suddenly Everything Has Changed. Yeah. I just drive around, I drive around Lubbock listening to that album on repeat. And then when that song would come on, I'd listen to it like four times. Oh, yeah. And then let the album keep going. You know, like. <laughs> Maybe I should oh, put all the vegetables away again one more time. <laughs> uh, but it, that that song, yeah, it really does. If if anyone out there is going, if you're going through a hard time, uh, uh, the soft bulletin by the Flaming Lips. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff, if you like the Flaming Lips and that kind of music, listen to it and. It's a good cry album. Oh, yeah. It's a real good cry album. That and listen to Adele's 21, man. <laughs> Fucking love it. It did get me through a hard time. I would just listen to it over. But it's got some, like, it also has a positive message of, yeah. you know, getting through shit, man. All of it. It's just like, yeah, get, get, until, like, you know, the last song comes out. But that's fine. <laughs> you know, you just. <laughs> Yeah, it's cry all, through that one. It's fine. Yeah, it's all, it's all Bolton has so many like great songs, and it, it's all about like you know what? And, like I think my favorite message of that album is you know what? You might not get through this. This might be too much. Oh. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't that, be listening. But that to me, but that to me, like fucking made me. Uh, love it. Made me love it. Like it because it wasn't like everyone else just telling me, you know what? Everything's going to be great. Like it's all going to work out. You know, but there was something comforting in the fact that it's like, you know what? Things don't always work out. But you it's know? okay. Like, and it's not like you're going to die or anything like that at the end of it. It's just, you know, sometimes things don't work out the way you want them to, and you're going to have to accept that. And it's not and that's what I meant by like maybe you're not going to make it. It's like maybe the thing that uh, you've got on your mind right now, like maybe it's it might not work out the way that you want it to, and it probably won't. But that's all right. Keep you just got to keep trucking, man. Just got to keep on trucking. I feel like that's the name of the game for all of winter. You know, <laughs> it's like every every little thing that happens is so amplified because it's so shitty out that you're just yeah. like, it's always going to be like this. <laughs> oh man, that spring's going to come. Man, in New York City, this is the time we're about to be in the time of what I call the annual exodus. Oh yeah, I call it my dead zone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the time when all of your friend, all the people that you know, like just a few of them are about to break mm. and they're about to leave. <laughs> like they're, <laughs> they're about, about to break and they're finally about to say like, oh yeah, I'm moving. I'm going to LA or I'm moving back home or whatever. Like that's, yeah, d- December to, uh, I'd say probably February. That's the, I, would, I would push it to March. You push it to March? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'd say once you get to March, like you've uh, you've already made your, once you get through February. Yeah, it's like you, the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, that decision has already been made. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the time of exodus is upon us my friends uh so keep going keep your head down new york city is probably the hardest place in america to go through a winter uh but if you make it through a new york city winter and like us if you've gone through many 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 new york city Mm. winters just each one gets uh, both easier and harder yeah, all at the same I would say time. mostly harder, but it's okay. Yeah, yeah. It depends. It all depends on how you're feeling. Right now, I'm having a good winter. 
And it depends on if you have the right shoes or not. Under Armour boots. Man, I got... I just always Boom. feel like it's not worth it. I'm like, oh, I don't have the place to put snowshoes. And God, then I'm it's fucking falling all over the place getting called a goddamn pork dumpling. <laughs> <laughs> it is so worth it. But yeah, I think this is going to be... This might be... Uh, I, well, I think we've got one more episode to record before the new year comes. Hell yeah. Yeah, so we got one more. Uh, but this is our last episode uh, before Christmas. Uh, we'll still be... You know, well, we wish all of you a Merry Christmas and uh And we can and all get through it. And we can all we get can through get it. We can get through Christmas. <laughs> I know a lot of you out there are heading out to families over the next few days. Oh, and Lord. you're heading out to family gatherings. Uh, and you you can get through it. It's gonna be it's gonna suck for some of you. It's gonna be so so for most of you, and it's gonna be great for a very few of you. If it if you're one of the people that it's gonna go great for, be very thankful for what you have. If it's so so for you, uh, be thankful that it's just boring. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be thankful for that. And if it's gonna be awful. Jackie, no, we're gonna <laughs> get through it. Know that you're definitely gonna get through it. I think that it's a it's an important thing to just man stay positive. Got to do it. Got to stay positive yeah. because the second the negative shroud comes upon your skull, and it will, mm-hmm. you just got to man don't let it get to you. No, you got you can't let them get to you. Yeah, and you can't and you don't have to go in there saying like you know what this is gonna be great. This is gonna be fantastic. Just go in there and say, I can get through this. I Just can do keep this. Hot. Like, you don't have to put on... You are on powerful. A, you're powerful. You don't have to put on a big, smiley, sparkly, happy shit face, but go, go in with, with a smile. Yeah. Go in with a bit of a smile. Uh, don't talk to your family about politics. Yeah. Uh, if they come, if they bring up the subject, do what I've done for the last five years, which is just change the subject immediately. As soon as you talk about if can. there are kids around, talk about the kids. Yeah. Ta- oh, talk oh, about the kids the ki- are doing great. Or- <laughs> <laughs> look at the, look at what the kids are doing. That's what I'm like. Bella, come here. <laughs> My niece. I'm just like, come here, come here, come close to me. Or just start playing with the kids. There you go. I, yeah. That's usually like, yeah. please now, like she's at an age because I've been the youngest for so long, and like now Bella's finally at an age that we can like chill, mm-hmm. which is great. And so I could just hide behind her. Or ask the kids what they think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to know. I think that I think that'd be the best way to diffuse it. It's just like, well, what do you think about Obama's economic situation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because then all of a sudden the kids talking. Yeah, and you just want and the kids. kids talking. They say the darndest things. <laughs> they do. <laughs> I think that the biggest problem with Obama's economic situation <laughs> is his inability to stand up to the Fed. What? Because <laughs> put the kid in front of the television for a while. I don't want to talk to the kid anymore. Let I'm going her to, dumb down. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's get to our first letter for yeah. today. Let's let's get to an update. Uh, this is uh, from uh, a listener. I can't remember exactly what we call this listener because we've got a lot of fake names rolling mm, around. But Really we good fake names. Great fake names. Everyone loves them. <laughs> Hi, Marcus and Jackie. I wrote in a while back looking for any advice about my ex-girlfriend who was making me miserable. For the most part, it worked. I'm definitely happier without her in my life. I'm still hung up on her, so I'm not perfect, but I'm better, and, my, and it's progress, and it's great. I do, however... Have a problem with my friends. 
For the most part, my ex and I have the same close friends since I don't talk to people that much. And when I do bring up my ex, they groan and push it off because it's all I ever talk about. They uh, quote, it's all I ever talk about. They only know her side of the story. To them, I'm the bad guy because I'm ignoring her so I can get over her. I don't know what to do. I don't think my fr- I don't want my friends to think I'm a bad person, but I can't forgive my ex because of what she put me through. Please help. Anyway, thank you for always making me happy. Love you guys. P.S. Please extend a big thank you to Henry and Ben. It's because of last podcast on the left that I decided to go to college to become a forensic psychologist. Which is fucking awesome. That makes me think, it's like, oh, wow, all that stupid bullshit that we talked about is actually making the world a better place. Fucking A. Hell yeah, man. Thank you. That sounds fucking <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah. I read that the other day, like, uh, right before, like, I was reading my emails and I got in the shower. And I was thinking about this and I was like... Inspired someone to uh, do something good in this world. <laughs> yeah, and then I started singing Soundgarden songs, and it was great. I see. I read that, and I was like, I want to do that. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I want to go fucking look at shit. <laughs> oh, am I not smart enough? <laughs> is that what it is? So, what do we say to this kid? You know, I went through a very honestly in the in the breakup. You know, the big breakup that I talk about all the time. Again, mm. I also talk about it all the time. Mm. Um, I went through a very similar situation. I treated him like shit. And, I mean, I hang out with a lot of dudes, so no one ever really said anything but get a few drinks in them. And I definitely heard my fair share of shit on me because I was the one that did it to him. And I ignored him, and I didn't want him around, even though we had all of the same friends. And basically, A, never talk about her ever again. I know that sounds (laughs) so... It's not, it's not productive in the very beginning of a breakup. You know, it's like, yeah, you're right. You got to talk shit out. You got to get, but you are trying to get over this girl. You got to take her name off your lips. I I feel like that that is a big part of getting over someone. And it's like, yeah, it sucks to ignore someone. It sucks to go through that. And it's like, that's hard on you. A million times, yeah. you know, to have to do that. But you have to displace yourself from the situation to be able to get past something. And, you know, talk about anything else. Anything. Talk to, if, you, if you've got family members, bitch to them about it. If you've got a therapist, bitch to your therapist about it. But when it comes to your friends, it's like, they don't want, they can't help you. And for some reason, they think you're the bad guy in this situation, which I don't think that you are the bad guy in this situation. No. But they also have a different perspective of things. And especially, unfortunately, when it comes to heterosexual relationships, I feel like women get a lot of the like, oh, and that's not fair. I feel like that you did something for you and you need to take confidence in the fact that like you took care of yourself. And if they want to feel that way, fuck them. You know, they feel that way. But don't talk about it anymore. Keep a journal. Write all your there shit you in a journal. That's don't, it. Don't That's talk to your, it. Yeah, don't talk to your friends about it anymore. Just keep shit in the journal. And you know what? Every time you talk about it to your friends, you're reminding them that they think you're the bad guy. Right. You're reminding them that you are in this relationship with this girl. And you know, if you stop talking about it, then they will stop thinking about it. They will, st- it, it will go away. Yeah. It's not, this isn't one of those things that you have to confront and that you have to hash out or whatever. No, it's a breakup. Breakups suck. You will eventually, everyone will forget that you even dated. It will happen. <laughs> like that's, it will yeah. happen. It will happen. Everyone will, like, at one point, someone will be like, oh yeah, they did date, didn't they? Or like, oh yeah, they were together. I, I, for, even, I forget that they even dated sometimes. We have but so many friends that are like that, that at the time, so it was just many. 
so insane. And then exactly, you just forget. Yeah. So when I came into y'all's, uh, when I uh, became friends with you guys, uh, you know, y'all had already been friends together for like years and years. And as I uh, got to be friends with you guys longer and longer, I started finding out about the people in the friend group who used to date. Some of them for years, years that I had no clue whatsoever that any of these people had ever dated because you know what? They never talked about it. Those two people never talked about it. All of their friends never talked about it. And these are people that I fucking hang out with all the time and they never ever talked about it. Uh, and like there were like two fret like a, a friend of ours or the couple that I'm thinking about most of all is this someone that, that you worked with. Yes. I dated someone in your sketch group and I think I knew you guys for like two years before I knew that they dated. And they dated for like what, three years? Three years. Yeah. And I never knew. And it was a terrible breakup. Yeah. And it because it's also one of those things where it's like, dude, shit happens. Mm-hmm. And also it's like if your friends are hung up on it too, it's like, man, breakups happen. Like it the shit just happens and and time heals. It does. Mm-hmm. Whether you think it's good, it's like it's never going to get better. It's like it totally will get better. And you know what? Yeah, maybe you're never going to be best friends. Because also, in like thinking back, Marcus, did you ever see the two of them ever just like chumming down, just the two of them <laughs> together? But we all uh, were still friends. Yeah, yeah. I never saw them have a conversation. No. Yeah. But they but were. It wasn't able- awkward. No, either. it was never. It was never awkward. Uh, and I'm pretty sensitive to things like that when people are kind of being awkward. So it's like, what the fuck's going on over there? But no, never felt that once yeah they weren't broing down but they were in the same place at the same time often very very <laughs> often yeah like you know at least once a week if not more yeah uh so this is something just stop talking about it they'll forget about it start taking a journal you'll get over it and everything will be okay journaling is such a good idea it's so insanely therapeutic just to fucking get the bullshit out especially when you're going through a breakup oh yeah if you're going through a breakup journaling is one of the most important things because even if you don't think that you're talking like I said you know it's the quotes because I'm talking about it all the time even if you're not saying her name you're probably talking about something about it yeah which drives because friends don't care they just want to hang out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, listening to someone moan about a breakup is just—it's uh, brutal. I I give them a, I give them a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, a you month. get a month. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's pretty good. It. That's pretty good. Yeah, if someone's like just coming out of a breakup. Then yes, of course, you know, be there for them, and and you should expect your friends to be there for you. But after a while. It's fucking it's torture. It is torture. Like, you just don't want to hang out with that person. And I have found myself in situations sitting down with good friends and being like, dude, get over her, man. <laughs> get over it. You have to. Go fuck somebody. Yeah. Terrible thing to say. But, <laughs> I mean, it, like, in the situations I've like have seen, at least with, like, dude friends, it's like, you know, wash the slate, man. You got it. Fucking yeah. do it. And sometimes it seems like guys have a harder time getting over breakups than girls do. And I don't understand where that, like, I mean, I guess I do. It's just like gender stereotypes that, like, women are so much more woe is me about breaking up with someone. But I, I have seen, I, I don't think that that's the case. I think In, Sometimes, of course, everyone's got I think bullshit, it's, but. I think it's because women, it's easier for women to move on. Yeah. It's easier for women to find a new guy. 
it's much yeah. harder for a guy to find, to find a, new a new girl. girl. You know, like that. That I think that can because I think girls can kind of go out and shake that dust off a little bit easier than guys can. Because uh, you know, getting laid as a guy is much harder than getting laid as a girl. Uh, so if you're able to go out and kind of shake the cobwebs out with someone new to kind of help you forget the old person a little bit, that helps a lot more. But if uh, you're kind of and also like a, a guy like it. After you get out of a long relationship, the hitting on girls is really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Because you think like you flirt too. You're like, oh, I flirt while I was in a relationship. It's like you don't though. No, you don't. Not to cross the finish line. No, you don't. You know, like that's not what your aim is, which is awesome. That's great that that's not what your aim is. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Everyone flirts it, but after you're actually going after you're in the race then that's when things get a lot trickier and that's when things get a lot harder uh so you know men we kind of have to depend on different sorts of uh techniques to get us through breakups one of those biggest techniques is to journal and not bitch to your friends about it all the time because it's not fun for you it's not fun for them and just no one wants to hear it Hell yeah. I think you're doing great though, man. Yeah. You sound like Onward doing, and upward. You can do upward. this. <laughs> you sound like you're doing fantastic. So just put all the rest of that shit out of your head and you'll be fine. Hell yeah. All right. Our uh, next one up. Uh, she is from England. Hmm. Another English woman. Oh, Scarlet. <laughs> I was going to say Scarlett Johansson, but that's she's not English, so we'll just leave it at Scarlett. Let's just leave it at Scarlett. Scarlett's a great name mm. for a British woman. Yeah. Dear Marcus and Jackie, I'm a 22-year-old university student from England. I listen to the show regularly and always find your advice to other listeners' problems insightful and eye-opening as well as comforting. Thank you very much. Hell yeah. Now I have a problem of my own that I'd like advice on. I'll start with the immediate problem, which seems pretty petty, but has reignited a whole bunch of anxiety that I'll explain in the backstory. Basically, I need advice on how to deal with being openly disliked by people who are friends with my friends for reasons that have made me feel embarrassed and anxious for about a year and a half. I have real issues with embarrassment, which I am trying to overcome. Today, it has been confirmed to me how much these two people don't like me because they have told friends of mine that I am not welcome to pre-drink at their house before a rave that we're both going to. The friends who told me are mutual friends and will be pre-jinking at said house. I'll definitely be meeting them once we get to the rave. I'm pretty anxious about seeing these two guys who dislike me, but I guess if you respond to this letter in the show, I will already know how it pans out. Now, on to the reason they dislike me. One of my friends on the phone said to me, I think it's because of the whole you and X getting together thing. Let me explain. About a year and a half ago, I met these two guys. Let's call them Steve and Frank. I had a massive crush on Steve, and we kissed on a couple of occasions. Both of these occasions were quite drug-fueled, but I felt like I genuinely got on with him. We chatted for hours, and man, I just liked him. I should have got the message that he never asked for my number or anything, but anyway, after thinking and thinking about what a great time I'd have with him, I messaged him on Facebook probably about two months ago uh, after the last encounter saying what I felt. After a week, he replied with, sorry, I thought we were just on pills, and that was that. It was pretty embarrassing. I replied with a message containing the words, if you think I'm pathetic, well, I don't give a shit. I have been cringing about these words for over a year. It hurts, amongst other melodramatic phrases. He did not reply to this. I have since seen Stephen Frank on quite a few nights out. 
I've partied with him and our other friends, but I've never brought up the thing with Steve and neither has he. I was too embarrassed. I can tell he's been uneasy with me, although I've always had cordial conversation with him and something he has... And sometimes he's acted quite friendly. I've been getting bad vibes off Frank, though, and I could tell I could never really place whether I was paranoid or what the reason behind this was. They're pretty, quote-unquote, cool guys, so I thought maybe I just wasn't his kind of person. Anyways, we stand now. I haven't been with them in about half a year. I'm going to the same rave as them, but it has been announced to me through mutual friends that I'm not welcome to pre-party at their place. I don't think I can patch things up with these guys. They just simply don't like me. I want to be cool with this, but I have a feeling that this will turn into something I ruminate on at a later date. How the fuck do I live this down? The reemergence of this embarrassment from over a year ago and also the feeling of being disliked. People have disliked me before, but I've never had to give much of a fuck about it. How do I rise above it? I'm prone to dwelling on insecurities and getting down on myself. I'm in a good place right now, but I'm scared of how this might manifest itself sooner or later. Thank you for reading. Sincerely yours, Scarlet. Fuck these guys. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like... Yeah, seriously, man. uh, I mean, I understand in dealing with, especially it's like feeling, having to deal with embarrassment and getting fucking so mad at yourself and and going over things again and again of things that you've said and things that you've done. We've all been there. And especially when you have self-confidence issues, which I definitely do, that especially at a time when I was doing a lot of fucking drugs, everything was amplified. Everything. Everything I felt from someone, even this interaction you had with this guy, Steve, like everything is so amplified that you're not living in reality. And I think that that's a big issue of what's going on here, man, is that, like, you got to check in with yourself. I feel like you're, like, going really, really fast, which is, like, dude, we're all young. We all are fucking, you know, live hard, die young. I'm down. Mm -hmm. But I just think when you get to this point where it's, like, I feel like even in your writing that, like, you feel as though you're losing control even though you're not. Yeah. And it's, like, all of this shit... Fuck these guys. Like, you're going, like, you're still going to the parties. You're still going to have a good time. Like, go hang out with other people. Yeah, they're raves. There's people everywhere. There's people looking everywhere. And especially, like, yeah, you kissed them. Yeah, you sent that, like, totally, yes, embarrassing email. We've all done that before. We've all done this. You don't sound crazy. No. Like, you don't sound like the type of person. You don't sound like that crazy girl who just goes off on people or anything like that. No. You just sound like that you got embarrassed, you reacted very viscerally to it and very angrily, uh, and it embarrassed you. And these guys sound like fucking dickheads. They do. Like, they I really thought, oh, do. I thought we were just on pills or something. I, fuck, that's a, such a shitty thing to say. Yeah. Like, that's a, that's an awful thing to say. Uh, and then them telling people, it's like, oh, yeah, she's, and I'm sure it's like, oh, yeah, she's fucking crazy. She sent me this message, blah, blah, blah. Fuck those guys. I know these guys. I know who they are exactly. They're not worth your time. They're fucking dickheads and what the fuck is with your friends anyway saying oh we can't go or you can't go it's dude like, if they're your real friends you fucking they don't go there either then you yeah. guys go party somewhere else fuck these guys yeah fuck <laughs> all these people like these people sound fucking awful if your friend like oh yeah we're gonna go pregame and and I know how pregaming works in England as far as I, as far as what I can tell is that you get fucking smashed by like 10 or 11 
And about like 10 yeah, it's hours. It's the same yeah. as Southern pre drinking. Yeah, it's the same as Perse. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's very similar where you just get fucking blitzed at someone's house and then you go out to whatever it is that you're going out to. Uh, so. You know, I I understand. I know that pre gaming is an important thing in in England in English social uh, in uh, English social culture, but find some new friends to fucking pre game with because these people sound like shallow pieces of shit. They sound like I don't know, like it's the whole rave thing, like the well, whole rave the, scenes. Like, that's yeah, the problem. It's, it's all drugs and fucking. There's no connections there. It's all fucking drugs and feel good this, feel good that. But there's you're not forming any connections. It's all party. It's all based around your. Fu- it's all based around getting fucked up. And getting fucked up's fine. I love getting fucked up. But if the point of your entire night, if the only reason why you're hanging out with these people is because you all get fucked up together, then don't call them friends. Call them drinking buddies. That's the thing is that they're like, they're, and especially like in this situation where it's like, you, I'm sure that like the come at, like that you would say about this is a, well, they're my friends and I want to hang out with these friends, but I don't want to hang out with those two dudes. But exactly, like, like I've been in that culture before. I did the whole rave scene and you can't trust anyone and you even said the word paranoia it's like it does create a paranoia because when you're coming down and you see the light of day and you realize it's like what just happened (laughs) what why am i in this guy's bed why am i in a bathtub with a person and we're all wet in our clothes been you know did the whole gamut you know like Mm -hmm. it's just you, exactly that. It's like forming a human connection. It's talking to someone. It's, you know, and like that's part of our, like even our friend base here. It's like, yeah, we all drink yeah. a lot. You know, we all smoke a lot of weed. But we also hang out when we're sober a lot too. Yeah. And there's substance outside of that. And if you don't have that with these people, fuck them. And you can find other people to hang out with. And even if it's not in this rave scene then like go fucking pre-drink there anyway you know it's like if it's just for that Mm -hmm. if you act chill because fuck those guys they are not right and thinking the way that they think about you and i just feel like get other people to hang out with you can do this with anyone yeah the cool guys like yeah i'm sure they are quote unquote the cool guys or whatever but they sound like dickheads like most of the cool kids they're fucking assholes and dickheads and what ask yourself what is the real reason why you want to hang out right what what do you really like do you really want to hang out with these people or do you just want to be in like the cool group is there an actual human reason behind it and not just a social reason ask yourself that question I mean, that's, Which something, is that's something for you though. to. It's understandable, of course, but that's something to ruminate on and and to ask yourself, like whether that that's worth it. If that's if that's the life that you want to live in, and that's the, how you want, if that's how you want your life, if you want your life to be led by that, ask yourself that. Because you have the choice to choose who you want to surround yourself by. When you roll with a crowd like that, too, you are seen as them. Yeah, and like you know, again, like. Yeah, I understand. Like, you want to have that social interaction. You want that. You want to be cool. Everyone wants to be fucking cool. It feels great. But cool people are usually fuckheads. (laughs) And they're, and like, and pieces of shit. And they don't care about other people. And especially in the rave scene, unfortunately. And man, you're above this. Yeah. 
You're better than this. <laughs> well, I tell you, cool doesn't mean nothing at 2 p.m. Nah. You know, like when you're when you're out and about, like, yeah, you're cool. But when you're in the harsh light of day and you start thinking about what you did the night before, what the people that you were with did the night before, what you said, what you heard, what you went along with, what you were cool with, at about 2 p.m., after your fucking drug-addled, alcohol-fucking-fueled mind starts to clear up a little bit and you start thinking about what went on the night before, that's what will... Like, just think about that for a second. Think about how you feel at that moment because at that point, like, cool means fuck all. That's when you realize cool is fucking awful. Yeah. <laughs> and then most of the people that you that we consider cool are bad people and they do bad things. And also, it's like... Did, make, did that make sense? Yeah, totally okay. did. No, 100% did. <laughs> okay, good. Because that's the same feeling of like, think of a time <clears throat> when you're sober and you're going through a hard, something hard and you need to talk to somebody. Can you call up any of those people and yeah. talk to them about like what you need to get off your chest too? They're not your friends. You don't yeah. fucking need that shit. No. Find yourself some real friends and, and if you want to get fucked up, that's fine, you know, but... Don't think that you have to hang out with a certain kind of person to do it. And don't hang out with people that make you feel bad about yourself and also, just so you have someone to get fucked up with. With know? the embarrassment issue, too, it's like when you are embarrassed by something like this, which it's hard because I struggle with this constantly. Why I'm, when I am embarrassed, I get, into, I get into my red state. I get so angry I can't, I can't even function. But part of the thing that I have to think about is that when someone embarrasses you, and especially in a way like this where it's just unnecessary, yeah. it's been so long, nothing even fucking happened. Like, you're giving them a power that they don't need. They're like, Because you're basically saying you're better than me. I'm the one that's wrong. Yeah. And Okay, I'll see you guys later. Exactly. And and, and it's hard. It's a really hard thing to struggle with. But it they don't deserve your power. Mm-hmm. You deserve all the power you have. And you don't give it to someone like this. No. And just remember, man, you're strong. Yeah. You're fine. And being embarrassed, yeah, I, I, I struggle with embarrassment. I will think about something that happened in fourth grade and get embarrassed about it. Oh, yeah. Just I am, cringe. I am 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I'll think about like fit, yeah, I'll think about fourth, fifth grade, and I'll just be like, yeah. and then it'll bo- like, and it'll bother me, like for a day. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Why did I do that? Why did I say that? And it's like because we're human. That's why. That's yeah. you know. It's like sometimes I wish we could just whitewash the memories. Just fucking get it out of my head. Yeah. Can someone take this? But again, this is another scenario where writing shit down sometimes also gets it out too. Mm-hmm. Just venting about it. Yeah. If you do that, then you'll be fine. Just write it down. Don't worry about it too much. Or try not to worry about it too much. Yeah. And yeah, just fucking sw- switch shit around because I, I, I think you need to. I don't think you're having as much fun in this scene as you used to. Uh, and you know, it's about time to get out. 22 is a pretty good age to say, no, nope. jump off the boat, man. 22 is a pretty good age to jump off the rave scene. It I is. <laughs> That's a, it is. by that point, hopefully you haven't done too many terrible things. Also think about like, I remember being 18 and seeing the 30 year olds, the 35 year olds at raves. What do you think about those people? (laughs) 
You know, like, what are you doing with your life? I feel like it's like, I'm not condoning it, but like, it's like, yeah, man, you're young. Fuck it. Do what you want to do. But you don't want to be that guy either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't. Mm-hmm. You really don't want to be that guy. So, yeah, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to jump off before you've really gained any lasting scars, which are very easy to come by in the rave scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Yeah. All right, well, uh, I think that's about all the time we got for today. I don't think we'll be able to get to our other letter. I think we're going to have to wait for uh, the week after Christmas for that, uh, for our Canadian gal. Aha! Aha, the Canadians. Canadians. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I hope you guys have a great Christmas again. We can do this. We can get through it. You can all do it. We're not going to punch anyone. (laughs) We're not gonna punch anyone. I'm gonna try and not openly scream at my sister about her life choices. <laughs> We're gonna just take it with stride. Gonna soberly get through this holiday. You're gonna soberly. I'm gonna this soberly <laughs> get through this holiday, which is probably good for me, Marcus. It's yeah, probably, probably it's probably uh, for the best. Man, I'm gonna go out and fucking get blissed with my buddy Nick. I hadn't seen him in like five, six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's the only other person uh, from uh, college that is still in radio besides me. Hell yeah. He's uh, on the radio out in uh, Dallas, Dallas-Fort Worth. We're living the dream, baby. He's a wonderful man. We're living it. We're doing it. We're doing it. All right, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.